welcome back to the Politics Unbox podcast. My name is Reese, and we're going to be going back to the big picture episodes. Um, we are on to episode 14 of the big picture, and today I want to talk about what we might be expecting to come from these uh, these Black Lives Matter protests and um, things that have been turning uh, violent on both sides of the of the Atlantic Ocean now um, and I really would not be able to say with any certainty what effect that will have on what comes next but um, it's uh, an opportunity to dive into what people want to see happen and uh, what we again might expect to see happen so I'm going to start with a little bit of uh, news and in Parliament Square and in London as well as in Manchester, Cardiff, Leicester and Sheffield but I'm going to focus on London uh, thousands across the United Kingdom have turned out for anti-racism protests triggered by the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis uh, last Monday, not the Monday, um, just gone the one before, I believe it was. It's been quite some time. Uh, this this anger has been growing. It's not going away, um, which will be a worry to those in, in positions of authority, uh, but no great surprise to people who have been seeing uh, what these people who are angry are seeing. Uh, now, as I said, these protests were sparked by the death of George Floyd, and I'm going to focus on the London ones in the UK, uh, where protesters knelt for a minute's silence uh, before embarking into chants and uh, a small, uh, it's not really a, a march, they were already where they were. They were in Parliament Square and around the Whitehall area. Uh, they were encompassing the cenotaph, which um, some had tagged with graffiti a couple of days ago that had been scrubbed away and there are some interesting uh, videos of uh, people trying to scrub away at that and then being um, harangued and harassed by other uh, protesters but that's a story for another day and of course in Parliament Square there have also been um, uh, people who've reported that the Winston Churchill statue in Parliament Square was tagged um, he has a very complicated relationship with his own uh, history of parliamentary votes. I would love to go and do a an in-depth look at Winston Churchill. Um, he's a very complicated and controversial figure uh, in in history, and yet most of us just remember him as the politician who we see of as winning uh, the war for the UK. Anyway, I digress. Uh, these protests, there were loads, loads and loads and loads of people there, thousands, um, thousands just in Parliament Square alone. And these protests went ahead despite repeated um, advice against the, uh, well, these mass gatherings, predominantly due to the coronavirus. Uh, both the Home Secretary, that's pretty Patel, and the Commissioner of the Met Police, Dame Cressida Dick, uh, have been on the record saying uh, they, this should not be happening. Uh, pretty Patel said the social distancing advice was, quote, for the safety of all of us whilst Cressida Dick said the protests would be unlawful. Um, now, there were some people in there who tried to social distance. I think uh, of the majority of people I saw on some of the, the footage I've seen, uh, the majority seemed to be in face masks and some wearing gloves, but they were certainly not uh, socially distanced. And I think the attitude that they would take, as perfectly epitomised by one sign, 
which read, there is a greater virus than COVID-19 and it's called racism. Now, uh, we've, we've seen that message all across the world in Australian protests, which happened. Uh, people wore uh, wore face masks and some of them had written on the, the face masks. Um, I'm more afraid of a racist country than uh, coronavirus. Uh, but uh, back to the, the United Kingdom. Um, in in London, protests protesters again, they dropped to one knee, raising their fist in the air outside the US Embassy. Um, they, uh, they chanted things like, silence is violence and colour is not a crime. Um, and then, in London, things um, started to bubble over. Uh, what had been a predominantly peaceful protest. Um, the police were managing it, according to uh, people who are far better versed in these these types of uh, policing matters than me. Um, the police were handling it well. They were not uh, fully tooled up in riot gear. They were normal, plain, uh, well, I say regular police officers, um, just as you would see on any any normal day if you were to come across a regular police officer. They were out there um, in larger numbers than you might expect, uh, but they were there ostensibly to protect uh, key areas. So they were around Parliament Square. There were some around the Churchill statue, which I'd seen uh, defacing earlier in the day. And there were plenty around Downing Street and the the Whitehall area. There were some guarding the Cenotaph. uh, And then tensions started to escalate. now, I don't know how many of you have seen the uh, footage. The Sky were doing a, a live broadcast of it. They had one of their reporters who was actually very, very close to the action. Um, but the BBC weren't covering it live, which did uh, did shock me. I would have thought they would have would have cut over to it. But um, things started to get more violent. Uh, we saw bottles being thrown, um, mostly plastic, but some uh, audibly glass you could hear the glass breaking as it contacted with the uh, the pavement um, there were uh, various incidents of protesters um, using physical violence against some police officers there were flares going off one flare was launched into downing street uh, another flare launched at the police officers and at this point the police officers who were in their regular uh, outfit were replaced by heavily armed or heavily protected uh, riot uh, police in full um, face covering, uh, riot shields, uh, what you would expect from a unit of police officers who were there to deal with a riot. And they were joined by uh, a unit of mounted police officers. And here's where um, something I have no real memory of seeing before on live television in Britain um, ever. Uh, I, this is my first look at um, a mounted police charge at a line of protesters. Now, it wasn't um, a particularly fast uh, charge, but they did um, walk their horses all the way down towards Whitehall and did build up a decent amount of speed by the end of it in an effort to try and clear some area for um, their lightly... Uh, protected officers to swap over with the the riot police officers. Um, One mounted officer was actually uh, dismounted forcibly by 
protesters and uh, their horse ended up careering down down Whitehall and off I think towards Trafalgar Square all on its own with no uh, no rider on it so that was certainly um, something to see uh, and uh, then we saw some uh, nastier scenes um, some of the the rioters throwing um, slightly larger things than bottles I think I saw a couple of wooden uh, things that may well have been formally attached to placards and signs. Um, so one protester throwing a, a bicycle, or rather not throwing, rather rolling a bicycle into a police horse. Um, not particularly nice scenes. And uh, the protest looked set to uh, to really bubble up and, and boil over. Um, but the police seemed to be handling it in a, a manner... Well, different to American riot police. I didn't uh, see rubber bullets, uh, no tear gas. Uh, so there's a comparison to be made, certainly. Um, now, there were protests in other areas, but I'm going to get on to the, uh, the main point of what I was going to say today, and that is what is going to come from all of this, because there has been, quite rightfully, uh, a lot of support for the Black Lives Matter campaign in the last few uh, days, weeks, ever since George Floyd's untimely death. And um, that is, as I said, with very good reason. These statistics back people up. Now, in terms of police violence, I've got uh, a bit of um, some statistics to bring you. Um, in the United States, in uh, in 2019, 1,098 people were killed. Now, the majority of those, 76%, were white. But um, in terms of a proportion, black and minority ethnic people are disproportionately affected. Black people are 13% of the population in the United States. And they are nearly a quarter, just 1% under, 24% of those killed uh, by police in 2019. In terms of uh, the police homicide rate for 2019, the white police homicide rate was... 2.5 killings per 1 million population. For black people, 6.6. That is just under three times more likely to be killed. Black men are also 1.3 times more likely to be um, unarmed when killed compared to white people. This is all American data. Uh, now, if we look at individual police departments, some have horrible um, statistics. Uh, black people are six times more likely to be killed by police in Oklahoma than they are in Georgia. Um, as in, there are six times more police killings of black people in Oklahoma than there are in Georgia. And it's not about crime. Uh, in uh, in Buffalo, New York, uh, that's had some uh, real attention in the last couple of days as two police officers from there were suspended. Uh, but in Buffalo, New York, the violent crime rate 
uh, or the, the number of violent crime offenders per thousand people is 12. Uh, but nobody was killed by Buffalo police over the period 2013 to 2016, and that's when that 12 per thousand was taken. Orlando, Florida, uh, there are violent crime rates of nine out of every thousand people being a violent crime offender, but 13 were killed by Orlando police from 2013 to 2016. And now we turn to what we need to change. Now, clearly, there are issues within that data. There are issues on police accountability, and it seems from the data and from people's experiences and from a... Well, you can see for yourself, there, there seems to be a real skewing of the data so that if you are a black person in the United States, and there are plenty of other countries around the world with similar problems, uh, in the United States especially, uh, you are not given the same level of protection. Uh, you are not treated the same as people with just a different colour of skin. Um, now, what people want to see change, well, that's harder to pin down. Some people want a complete overhaul of the system. Some people want amendments to the system uh, to make it more equitable. Um, what won't happen is a wiping of the slate and a standing start because no one would know how to do that and the people who have all the, the, the money and the assets would not want to give it away just so everyone could be equal. And it's it's a very a long and impracticable, um, well, operation. So what do people want to see happen? They want more accountability for the police. They want more people who um, break the rules break the law and are seen to be um, not held to account. They want them held to account. Of course they do. They want people to listen to the um, the peaceful protests. We heard from the NFL. Uh, players' protests during the national anthem should be allowed, according to the NFL. They had a peaceful protest when Colin Kaepernick led uh, a protest on taking a knee. That was back in 2016 and the, the, the drama around that rolled on through to 2017. But people, well, really didn't listen. The taking of a knee was banned. Uh, it's now back up after the NFL commissioner has made a real U-turn. Um, and has apologised. But peaceful protests around the world have been ignored, ostensibly. People want change. They want systemic change. They want changes in the balance of power. They want to, to reach a world where people don't have to walk down the streets looking over their shoulders just because of the colour of their skin. They want a world where... People don't have to think about crossing the road or going for a jog because of the colour of their skin. And they have a lot of support. As I said, Black Lives Matter as a peaceful protest movement is gaining traction. But as a violent protest group... 
is it going to lose it all? There is going to be a reaction to this. There is going to be a political backlash to these protests turning violent. Um, It is likely, no, possible, that the violent protests will involve or will precipitate uh, some level of a a tough law and order campaign by one of the candidates, and it's probably going to be Trump, in fact it's definitely going to be Trump, in November in 2020. Now, let's say he loses. It's by no means sorted. Um, But just as an example, if he loses, even if he loses, that idea will be pervasive. Reactionary thinking and reactionary thought is pervasive. So if this precipitates a reaction, doesn't matter if it gets quashed in the immediacy of now, it will be a lingering thought and it could delay any progress. Now, I think I understand some of the the processes why people get to here. If you are continuously told no and not listened to and things don't get through, of course you are frustrated. Um, but I worry for the future of this movement if they allow themselves to be painted as a violent group. Because there is too much that could be achieved if people listened to the Black Lives Matter movement. And there are um, there are people who are far more versed in US policy than me who will say that Black Lives Matter have, have basically got draft bills that they can uh, collaborate with lawmakers on and they could get them through Congress if people just listened and took in what they were saying. But if they allow themselves to be painted in this corner, they could be set back. And it could happen in the UK just as easily as it could happen in the US. And I really hope that's not where we're headed. But as these protests continue to get um, rowdier and rowdier and bracing for even greater uh, protests or even uh, more violent protests... Well, I don't know how optimistic I would be about the people on the reactionary side of this listening. Because that's what people have to do. They have to be convinced. And some people have been. Some people have been convinced by some of the peaceful protests that happened. Um, Some people will probably have been convinced by the violent protests. But some people will be turned off by this. Because at the end of the day, some of what they're doing is criminal, and some of what they're doing, people will be disgusted by. And we, again, I'll caveat this, we don't know if um, those people are genuine campaigners. There are still some allegations and accusations going around that there are uh, just people out there for for a laugh, to go out and smash something up. Um... But whatever they are, if they get tarred together and and joined together as one and people can paint the BLM movement as violent, I don't hold out too much hope for the system changing soon. 
After the 1968 race riots, after the death of Martin Luther King, Richard Nixon ran what was known as the Southern Strategy Campaign to win himself the presidency. It involved uh, appealing to those people in southern states through a combination of dog-whistle politics and tough law-and-order campaigns. Don't let history repeat itself. Don't let yourselves get painted as people who are violent, who who need law-and-order candidates to crush them, to put them down. Because at the end of the day, that was 52 years ago. And the same problems exist. Things need to change. But they won't change unless a majority of people or enough people in the right places are convinced. Thank you very much for listening to the Politics Unboxed podcast. Um, Really, thank you for listening. Um, I hope to see you all around again soon for the next episodes. Um, Until then, goodbye.